Hey everybody, I am Tanya Soraya. I'm a postdoctoral fellow who's being appointed to a research assistant professor right now at the Medical University of South Carolina. And I'm a clinical psychologist where I work with patients and do research on trauma and addiction treatment with a focus on opioid use. Uh, my name is Jocelyn Rogers. Um, I also work at the, universe, the Medical University of South Carolina as a uh, research coordinator looking um, at PTSD and veterans with a joint appointment at the Ralph H. Johnson VA Medical Center in Charleston. Hi there. Uh, my name is Natalie Ocean. I used to work at the Medical University of South Carolina, but I'm now the chief operating officer at a healthcare tech startup based in Memphis, Tennessee called MedHall, where we help to solve for the challenges that patients face in getting access to transportation to medical services and appointments. Nice to be here again. Um, but wanted to see what you all have had as far as experiences negotiating or kind of hesitating in the negotiation space for salary. You know, from my from my first job after undergrad, I was making what I thought. Y'all was making more than I'm making now, I'll tell you that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I left that job. Um, went to one, so I was working at um, a private um, corporation. So I felt like, you know, that they, they have more money and more resources, right? Because they... they they're for profit. They make all the money that they, you know, expend. So leaving that job, I went to a nonprofit and I wasn't making as much, but um, I also didn't have to pay as much in, uh, what's the things called, uh, benefits and stuff because it was a nonprofit. So I was still pocketing, like I was still bringing home the same amount of money, even though I wasn't making as much. I think really the, the there have been so many times where, I mean, similar to what Tanya was saying about like, it's a, it's a fixed salary. It's a fixed salary, right? So when you do try to negotiate and they tell you that it's a fixed salary, like I have not given any pushback or, you know, I didn't not accept the job. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of where it is. It's like, okay, so do I take this money that they've offered me or do I just not have this job that I want or, right. you know, whatever the case may be. So as of recently, um, for this new trend, this new position that I'm transitioning to, I did uh, ask for a raise. Um, I was face to face with with my current supervisor, and you know she accepted, um, you know what I was requesting, but didn't give me like any wiggle room. It was like this is what I can give you, right? It's more than what you're making, but this is all I got. So mm -hmm. like okay, cool. I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, again, do I not take the job or do I like, you know, try right. to finagle something that I'm assuming again in my head that they don't have. Um, and it's, it's a really tricky position and it's weird for me. Cause also similar to what Natalie said about, you know, I have this master's degree, like I've worked in probably every sector in healthcare that there is from academia to private, to nonprofit, to public, um, and I have all this experience. I've worked with all these amazing people. I've done a, a range of things and I still feel like I'm not making what I'm, what I'm worth, what I know that I'm not worth. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a really weird position to be in. And I am still not scripted in it. You know what I'm saying? The, the salary negotiation piece. Um, and so I also want to, to bide my time where I am um, because I do know, you know, I do want to go get my doctorate degree and MUSC does have tuition reimbursement. So I'm like, oh, do I move, go through another onboarding process, go through another training process, wait another year until I'm eligible to receive tuition assistance. 
you know what I mean? There's so many variables that, that need to be juggled. And I think it really just depends on what the, what the intent is, you know what I'm saying? What the goal is, um, your objective to being able to make a decision that works best for whomever. And that's just kind of where I am. So it's complicated. I don't think that there is a right answer um, in terms of making the best decision based on the organization or the salary or the position or the whatever. Um, so that's kind of where I am. <clears throat> if that answered your question, probably not. But. No, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, I'm thinking about negotiation. I feel like... <laughs> I know some people say like, what would you do if you were a white male? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a white male. So that doesn't help me. Um, but <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, y'all. Y'all already know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like, <clears throat> it's an art. I feel like it's because you don't want to break a bridge or burn a bridge, whatever. I'm really bad with idioms, burn a bridge. So if you have like a relationship with a boss or a supervisor, whoever, you want to be able to talk about it without almost becoming like aggressive, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was about to cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just feel like I, in my most recent negotiation, which I mean, I love to negotiate. I love to bargain. It's like, I do it for like apartments for everything. Cause I'm always kind of like, why not? They're people like just talk to them. Um, but I asked for a few things, but I had to like really squeeze it in because we had this 30 minute meeting and we're just here chitting and chatting about all these things about like work and life. And then he's like, okay, great to meet you. And I was like, wait, 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 hold up. I didn't get to ask you all the things I want. (laughs) I had to like squeeze it in, but I kind of feel like it was symbolic of like what it is like, you know, like you have to you become your own agent almost. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And Jocelyn, go ahead, because I knew you were going yeah. to cut her off before. All right. What I, <laughs> what I was going to throw in there is that when uh, this, this position that I'm transitioning into, when I did ask my supervisor, Tony, the situation was the exact same. It was like a whole lot of conversation. I'm like, wait, hold up. Before I leave out this room, I'm going to ask. But when I did ask, she was very... Um, Stormy. No, not squirmy. She was encouraging because she was like, oh. she was like, continue to ask, like, make sure that you ask. The best, the most they can say is no. And, but she was like, continue to ask. And the other thing that I was going to say is that everybody, especially when it comes to positions and, and professions and things, everybody's been in this role. These, these supervisors, these managers, these directors, these chiefs, whatever they may be, they have all been in our position and they all know what it means to to have to survive or to live comfortably in your means, whatever that might look like, you know what I mean? So the, the question is not bad. Whatever the answer is, is going to be what it is, but, but asking just has to be done. But to Nat's point, I think some people forget what it's like mm-hmm. to be like, you know, where they came from, or they just like have this kind of weird approach that it's like you have to be indoctrinated through struggle yeah which is really different though because like you know my like someone's salary might just be for them but other people's salaries are for their families for their extended families for someone who's ill like it's just it's so different you know like you can't equalize that right yeah so two things i wanted to mention so one thing that tana you had mentioned um you mentioned something around loyalty 
and like um, wanting to be sensitive around the types of relationships you, relationships you have either with the organization or your supervisor. And I think that's one thing that's definitely prevented me from wanting to wanting to speak up or ruffle feathers in that regard is I didn't want to kind of damage those relationships. But again, I started to think about it and I've had people tell me kind of after the fact, like, hey, if you were to leave your job, what would they have to do? They'd, they'd put the posting out there, they'd recruit, they'd hire somebody else to fill that same position. So it's always like you have to think of yourself, unfortunately, the way that the organization, especially in a large corporation, thinks about you, you're just a number. Like no matter how great your relationships are, no matter how well you get along, no matter how much the organization is supporting you as an employee, whatever, at the end of the day, when if you leave your position, they're going to fill it with, some, with someone else. And so you always want to, like, you're always going to be your, your best and biggest champion. And of course, you can have others within the organization that stand beside you or stand behind you as well, either as like a sponsor, like we talked about one of our episodes or a mentor, et cetera. But um, yeah, I definitely think that people need to let go of the, the loyalty aspect. Because yes, you're not going to want to be disrespectful or burn bridges for no reason. But when it comes to negotiating what you're worth and what like that's reflective of your contribution to the organization, the loyalty is on the back burner for me. Like at this point, you're not being loyal to me because of what I've brought to you and what I've done for you. Um, and then I also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I heard someone, so this, I found this on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but it was on Twitter. Someone had posted it, but this girl, I, I think she's like a salary coach or like a business, something around like business development. And she helps people like on their journeys. And she was talking about the difference between a salary adjustment and a promotion. And she was saying something to the effect of, if you're in this position, if you're in a position and you feel like you're kind of hitting the ceiling or you've kind of outgrown the work, you, you're now doing a lot things completely different from your original job position, which I think everybody can relate to where you start off here's your responsibilities and duties and then three four months later you're completely doing something else or you're doing above and beyond what the initial job scope was and so she mentioned and I think I started to do this already like earlier like um, kind of around the time where I started my fellowship is I always make a spreadsheet of you know me and my spreadsheets but I have a spreadsheet that kind of lists out all the different duties and responsibilities of the job that I've been that I've offered and been offered and accepted. And then as I'm actually in the job, I keep track of, am I still doing these same things? What are the new things that I'm starting to do in that role? Is it now like evolving into something else? And then she'd mentioned, as you start to notice things transitioning or things shifting or your, your scope of work increasing, she mentioned looking up jobs that have similar um, duties and responsibilities in that kind of second tier as that you're doing that's different from your original job posting. Because what you may find is, one, the salary is higher than what you're making now. And then two, even the job title is different um, in that the new scope of work that you're undergoing. So she'd mentioned not only just being um, verbally um, like advocating for yourself, but also kind of backing it up and doing your homework as well. So you can have that level of documentation to support your, your claims, et cetera. So if someone's denying you, it's because they just want to ignore the facts because here I am with, here's what I'm doing now. Here's what this other job, comparable job position is, is called, their title, their salary, and it's not aligned. So I'd like to have it be more aligned with what is out there in the market. Um, so yeah, just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's a lot of um, like internal battles that especially, like I mentioned, as women, we don't want to seem greedy or we don't want to ruffle any feathers or we don't want to like risk not getting the job. And of course, as in some certain circumstances, you have to just take the job. Like if they're really not budging, you just have to take the job because you don't have any other options on the, ta on the table at the moment. And then like at, once you're in that job, then you can, start, you can start to kind of think about what your next strategy is. 
it's definitely tricky. And like Tanya said, it's definitely an art and definitely a skill that a lot of people don't have. Um, it requires patience, requires you to do your homework, but also just to stand firm and like what you think you deserve as well. Yeah, I agree. And oof, you said some things that we might need to put on a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good stuff. A lot of stuff that I can definitely relate to. Um, but before we wrap up this session, um, what are you guys' takeaways? What are what is some advice that you guys would give to you know younger people, either high school graduates or or undergrads or people wanting to pursue these these types of careers? What are some takeaways that you would give them? Um, yeah, I can start. Um, I'll say two things. So one is don't be afraid of not knowing what you want to do at like 10, five years down the line. I think you'll, it's going to come with time and experience that you'll be able to refine that answer. I don't think you'll, you may not ever get to like, oh, here's the exact title or here's the exact position I want to be in, but you'll definitely start to be able to get more, be more thoughtful around what kind of work do you see yourself doing? Because that'll help you like weed out those jobs or those positions or those offers that don't align with those, that foundation that you've created. And then too, just from the salary negotiation standpoint, you're always, whatever they're offering you, they can always offer you more. Like they can literally always offer you more. Like they can always offer you more. Um, <laughs> they say no, it's because they don't, like they're, they're holding back. Um, but there's always more to be offered. Whatever their initial offer is, it's, it's below what you, it's below what that role deserves. I, 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 like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I see that now. Um, but yeah, definitely do the homework and definitely be prepared to advocate for yourself or find someone in the organization or even outside the organization that can help you in that salary negotiation process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Yes. Um, maybe I shouldn't have had you go first because now I have to follow you. Um, <laughs> um, I guess for me, I think like being, if you can be honest with the person you're with, and I, I kind of tend to feel this way, that like I'd rather be honest and transparent about what I can offer and what I want. And if people respond well whoever is in that position of power that's a good sign and if they don't that's also a sign like I don't really want to work for somebody who doesn't want to keep my best interests at heart that's Mm -hmm. not always an option for everyone so I recognize that like sometimes that's you know finding the right match and fit um but I think I've had to learn that like kind of the hard way because I have worked for people that didn't care and then there were consequences down the line and I wish I had noticed sooner um, because I would have probably started looking elsewhere faster. Um, And I think the other thing for me is like, I think like, you know, go with your gut a little bit. Like for me, I, I think I would have doubts sometimes, but I didn't really know why I was having the doubt. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that was like really me noticing that this person was kind of like using my job wrong or like fiddling like with the shifts when really I should have been getting more hours or something like that. And so I think like, you know, sometimes we can get in our heads about negotiation and jobs and what's right and what's wrong and what, what will it lead me to in this five years or 10 years. And I sometimes just think that going with your gut can help you get there. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for us today um, on the TakeOver podcast. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks. And um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, reach out. Thank you.